first he played his life cool, just like Michael. Now he rock ice too, just like I do. Yo, you can't do better than that. The hotel clerk who'd adjust the bathroom mat. Now you lose sponsorships that you thought had your back. Yeah, you beat the rap, jigger boom, fake of you. You turn around, then you shit on Shaq. Who would've knew? Mr. Goody Two Shoes. He love a little butt crack. Got enough cash, little kids with they bus pass. Who look up to you to do something for the youth? Stupid spoof, but you let them use Good morning, this is the Urban Talk Radio 103.5 FM WNHHLP, where you will hear conversation information education inspiration and motivation from the american urban perspective i am your host kinsley osei and if you are just joining us today in our home studios or in anywhere it's our we do have our special guest whom i will be introducing in a very minute today on urban talk radio you can join a conversation on facebook at bull Mice, and twitter bull Mice. you can also stream this show on your smartphone or computer by logging on to newhavenindependent.org you can also join me on my Facebook page, Kinsley O-S-E-I. Our very special guest today um, is uh, my brother, Chris Atlas, who is um, an entertainment and marketing executive. Um, let me see if I, if I can go through his, if I can go through his uh, resume real quick. It might, <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 it's a lot. Chris, how are you, my brother? Good, Kingsley. Great to see you, my brother. Likewise, man. Um, we we scheduled this <clears throat> we scheduled this interview um, a, a couple of months ago when you were still at Warner Music, Warner, uh, when you were still at Warner Records, and um, we've been going back and forth, uh, mostly on my end. I wanted the time to be right. I was actually trying to get my brother Sam Crespo on here because he's definitely a big part of my story. Oh, yeah. I- as a DJ, but you know, Sam Chris was he is Hollywooded. I call, I call, I call Sean Pecker, <laughs> I call Sean Pecker Hollywood because he knows how to come into the hood, into the hood and smoke Nicaraguas with us. And um, <laughs> uh, I'm just going to call Sam Crespo Hollywood because I, <laughs> you know, no, uh, never, never, never that, never that, never, never that. It's, it's, it's we we got we we we'll, we'll get him. We gotta get him. We'll get him on. You know. You gotta get him. You gotta come back home, man. You gotta come back home. Yeah. You, know? you gotta yeah, come absolutely. back to the chicken wicks and fried rice and bulletproof windows. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. How's the, how's the family, brother? Everybody's blessed, man. No complaints. You know. We all woke up today. It's a good day. You know. So no complaints, man. Beautiful thing, man. Now, yeah. uh, j- just so that we can get uh, our very early listeners in tune with who we have, we have uh, my brother Chris Atlas, who is the. Um, let me see where we can start from. I actually missed uh-uh. Chris Atlas during the Tommy Boy record days. So let me see what we've been through so far. He was the national director of Rap College and Radio. Urban Urban Promotions at Tommy Boy. And then he was the VP of Urban Promotions and Strategic Marketing at Cornerstone Agency. Um, and then he was executive VP of marketing at Dev Jam for nine years. And then executive VP East Coast Operations and Urban Music, senior VP head of urban marketing at Warner Records. Chris is really not about titles for as long as I've known him. He no, just, never. He just move and get get it done. 
know? Yeah, no, that's real, Kings. I mean, you know, you know me, man. We go back, like like you said, Tommy Boy, which was what ninety five, ninety six, and you know, for me, it's always been about the work. It's always been about doing great work. Um, how I represented myself, not only as an executive, but the artists, the people that I encounter, and, and the music. So for me, a title it shows my growth and it shows my elevation. But, you know, at heart, while I have a lot more experience and a lot more years, you know, I still am, I feel, the the individual that has always been in love with hip-hop, always been in love with music, uh, always looks to treat, you know, the people and the individuals that I meet with the same respect that I would expect them to give me. And that's how I live my day. And, you know, that's how I you know, gone about my career and and I feel as if what I'm almost almost what three decades approaching in terms of music and entertainment. And I, that's a blessing. And it's a blessing that I don't take for granted, especially given, you know, the times that we're in, you know, in our business. And I know we'll kind of get into that as well. Definitely. So, and it's it's blessed to see you, man, because we've known each other for a long time. And the fact that, you know, you're still on your journey, I'm still on my journey, and then we could come together and, and meet um, is just a testament to, you know, the fact of who we are as individuals and how we represent ourselves. Well, the journey, um, the journey changes, um, but it's, it's, there's something that we keep dear to our heart, no matter how the journey changes, it's, it's hip hop, uh, which is not just music, it's a culture. We have to take uh, control of it. It's um, it's a part of the problem, but it's also a big part of the solution. It's up to us what we do with it. And um, you know, for me, I, I commend you. And um, when it came back in the full circle, when I caught up with you at uh, in uh, at Howard University because of the uh, the program they have over there, which we will talk about it because you was a you know a big part of spearheading that program, even though you've moved on since then. We, we have to still talk about it because it was part of your journey. And that is basically the one that is that is there's something that I really, really applauded you for the most part, because when I started Connecticut Against Violence and Community Against Violence, I needed people such as yourself that understood the mission that will be there to help. Because, like I said, we are a part of the problem. We do employ the problem and you've been changing lives. Um, but with that is to make sure that the kids that we're selling this music to, we can also make sure that we uplift them, um, you know, um, show them better ways. And um, you've done exactly that. And now we're gonna we, we, we're gonna talk about that. Now, Tommy Boy, you was out there with uh, was this? You was there with Sean, uh, Fatman School. Mm -hmm. uh, how long Dan was Crespo, Crespo, Tyrone Clark? Yeah. Tyrone Clark, man, it was some good boy. It was some good good guys over there, man. You know what? Yeah. I, I mentioned Sam Crespo because I recall Sam Crespo was the first to put me on a uh, on the record label uh, DJ mailing list. When <laughs> you know you laughing, you know you laughing because you know how oh, a yeah. big I... deal back in the nineties. If you was on that DJ list, you know how a big deal that was. Yeah. Yeah. Before getting on the DJ mailing list, you had to at least be on the record pool list and the value of mm -hmm. the record pool. And, um, you know, I was on a VIP record pool, which was the best record pool in the country at that time. Not every record pool was getting hip hop music to begin with. Um, not every record pool was able to get a Def Jam records, 
you know, to begin with, or Tommy Boy records to begin to begin with. So that record pool had to be loaded with valuable DJ. And I remember VIP, we had Flex was down with it, uh, Red Alert, and, uh, you know, a lot of other DJs. And um, I was working at this place called Mecca Software. And, you know, I would go to, to work and I'd be doing mixtapes and my boss would allow me to use uh, the facts to send in playlists. So I'm sending in my playlist to my Kaiser, Dev Jam, Sam Crestwood, Tommy Boy. I'm just sending my, my playlist to everybody. And um, one day, um, I guess Sam Crestwood as Buddha, um, like, you know, who is this dude, DJ Kinsley, who is this dude? Um, and Buddha told you know who I was, and you know he got my list, and um, you know he put me on the rec on, on the mailing list. And when I got yeah. the first record in the mail, I actually cut out the the the, the return label, <laughs> 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 and kept because yeah, it was such a big deal. You understand? Yeah, nah, I know what you mean, man. That was a big deal, like for, to get vinyl in the mail. And be on, a, like you said, like a, a record label's mailing list or the weekly mailers or whenever the new product was coming out. Like that was a that was a privilege, man. That was like a badge of honor. It was, and you know, we you know we're gonna talk about all this later on. You know, how to avoid the, this evil streets to go into music conventions to make sure that I registered myself yeah. into the industry as a real DJ, um, being used mm -hmm. from you know. Um, promotion and marketing directors such as um, yourself when college radio was really the, 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 yes. the radio station that was breaking the music we're going to get into all of that and um, you know, yeah. I'm, we are really privileged to have you and, and this is going to be a content filled interview I'm normally going from top of the head just catching up you know vibing um, with you know folks that I bring on that I know about we want to make sure that um your time is valued because it's not too often we have executives such as yourself to really break down what this industry is all about. So I'm going to repeat, you know, let me applaud you for your consistency of humbleness in the industry throughout the years since I met you during your, uh, your, your Tommy Boy record days and your ability to give back and care for our youth at risk and creating our opportunities for the next generation who wants to make a career in the music industry, such as what um, you guys started at, um, at, uh, at Howard University. So because of the importance of having a music industry executive such as yourself, I decided to craft my questions so it will be more of a content-filled um, interview than a regular conversation, you know, something I hardly do, so I repeat. Um, so let's start it again. What year did you start Tommy Boy Records and what was your start? I started at Tommy Boy in 1995, mm -hmm. and I started as an in, I was started as an intern. I was a, a student at City College uh, in Harlem, and I actually started interning on a compilation project, compilation series at that time called Jock Rock, Jock Jams, which you know Tommy Boy, amongst other things, in terms of just seminal hip hop and groundbreaking hip hop also had several, you know, very lucrative, very profitable multi-platinum compilation series. They had MTV Party to Go, which was a multi-platinum compilation series. And then this Jock Rock, Jock, Jock Jams was an extension of that. So that was like my entrance into Tommy Boy, where I started doing college marketing on that series and research marketing on that series. And, you know, for me, that was the opportunity of a lifetime just to get in and work at Tommy Boy, which Tommy Boy 
at that time, as you know, Kingsley was just one of the premier top hip hop labels Definitely. Um, of the day and had incredible artists. So to get in in any capacity was was uh, a dream come true. And, you know, from there, in working on that compilation uh, series, it was the opportunity for me to just really show my hustle, my ingenuity, my excitement, my my passion, not only to be a Tommy boy, but to work within the music industry. Unfortunately, um, I was able to um, uh, get the attention of Monica Lynch, who was the president of Tommy Boy Records at the time, and and Tom Silverman, who was the founder and chairman of Tommy Boy Records at the time. And um, I was able to kind of parlay that into um, a gig doing college radio promotion, which that really set me, you know, on my on my on my path, if you will. Awesome. And then you left um, Tommy Boy. Um, you went to uh, Cornerstone, who was producing mixtapes mix and a whole bunch of other stuff. That you was out. Yeah, yeah. I'm, you was at Cornerstone with huh? CL, right? Yes, it was with CL. And you know, again, before before I left Tommy Boy. Um, again, I was able to grow within Tommy Boy from college radio to rap promotion. Uh, I did A&R when I was at Tommy Boy. I had my own imprint label, which you probably remember. I had Tommy Boy Black label Definitely. where we're putting out, you know, and signing a lot of underground hip hop acts like Defari and Natural Elements yes. and yes. Uh, Jig, Jig Masters. Yes. Um, so I had, a, I, I had a real growth trajectory at Tommy Boy. Um, which led me to Cornerstone. And at that time, um, again, the, the business was changing. Um, I always feel like it's you have to understand when it's time to pivot and create new opportunities so you can not only extend your career, but also expand and extend your range and, and your reach. And uh, going to Cornerstone at that time was an opportunity for me to do that and working with Rob Stone and John Cohen, who at that time, uh, Cornerstone was one of the premier seminal, not only uh, independent promotion companies, but they were really bridging the gap in terms of strategic marketing in yes. the music business with the Cornerstone mixtape and the Cornerstone player. And we had Sweet 903. Yes. And what what is very common now in terms of, you know, when you think strategic marketing and um, branding with music and artists. At that time, it was a new medium. And Cornerstone was one of those agencies and companies that really broke boundaries in terms of not only showing the viability of music and, and marketing on a corporate side, uh, but you know, really uh, groundbreaking campaigns in terms of, you know, like, you know, we had Sprite Remix campaign where we made vinyl, you know, with Sprite and we had uh, Xbox at that time when yep. Xbox was actually a new platform um, and Boost Mobile and, yes. and and actually with Boost Mobile and, you know, shout out to Daryl Cobbin. Um, uh, Daryl uh, and Boost Mobile, they, they definitely were ahead of the curve in terms of that give back initiative, you know, in terms of knowing the power and the reach that uh, they had with their service in the community, but also uh, with Rock Corps and the community outreach program that we work with them on. They really, you know, had an incredible initiative to give back. So uh, going to Cornerstone allowed me to not only still 
do promotion, but actually grow into the marketing capacity, which, um, you know, fortunately making that transition led me into marketing full time. But I always had love for promotion and love for the DJs and love for radio and clubs. But, uh, you know, and I've been able to use, you know, how I entered the game and promotion relative to the marketing executive that I grew into at Cornerstone and thus when I went on to Def Jam, et cetera. Who was heading Cornerstone? Was it CL? At that time, when I when I got to CL, CL was there. CL and Roe um, and Lee Majors. And then, you know, CL eventually left and he he started doing his thing. And Did you ask? Yeah, he did. Did you ask? And then, you know, uh, I, I stayed on at Cornerstone. I think I was at Cornerstone for like maybe five or six years, maybe a little longer before I went before I went to Def Jam. Yeah, that cornerstone mixtape was it, man. That was it was it was man, that was it. It was it. Like, was it. <laughs> if you if you if you got the DJ at Cornerstone mixtape, got your hands like, on it, that was it. <laughs> that was it. You know what I mean? You made it. <laughs> you made it. That was, that was that was definitely it, you know. Uh man, good old, good old industry, man. You know, um, we're gonna talk about it, man. I'm not sure what it is now versus then, but um, so when did you start working at Def Jam and how long were you there for? I started at Def Jam in 2008, and uh, at that time, uh, L.A. Reid, Steve Bartles, you know, were helming Def Jam. And, you know, again, I I had consulted with Def Jam prior, right? And even, even when I worked at Cornerstone, you know, we consulted on a few projects with Def Jam, including, you know, Kanye West and his Through the Wire project and um, College Dropout, you know, album. And in... You know, in 2008, I, you know, joined Def Jam as SVP, you know, of marketing. And that was an incredible, you know, incredible experience because, again, Def Jam is the premier hip-hop music culture label, right? And 2008, I think, it was one of the peak years in terms of the brand relative to you had Kanye West, you had Jeezy, you had Rick Ross, you had Rihanna, you had Justin Bieber, you had Jadakiss, you had Ludacris. Like, I mean, the list goes on and on. Oh, was that the same time when Jay was the, Jay was the uh, president? Yeah, Jay, Jay, was, Jay was actually departing. He was still there, but he was, yeah, you know, okay. he, he was making his exit in terms of just, you know, his own foray with Rock Nation and, you know, but there was still J releases, you know, that came out, you know. Um, but again, it was like, again, just an incredible time, uh, an incredible team of people, incredible executives. I think the passion, the business was at its height, you know. Right. And, uh, you know, fortunately, I, I, you know, I think I had an incredible run there, you know, what, nine, 10 years and was able to grow in that capacity. Um, and you know, as the business change, you always pivot and, and, um, but there were just some incredible projects and artists and campaigns that, you know, I was a part of and, uh, and great people that I got to work with while I was there. You was there with Pekas, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pekas, you know, Pekas was there. Was Makaiza still there or he, he had already left? No, Kaiser had left because at that point when LA and LA Reed and Steve Bartles were there, you know, Kaiser, Julie, Kev, uh, they all had 
went over to who all started <laughs> yeah it was it was that shift you know what i mean you know how you had you had that that shift where, where you gotta understand yeah. industry operate man when one go they bring the whole team and they go win together yeah yeah, yeah that's it but you know that's how it, it works yeah that's how it works and you know those those that team is you know in many respects still together at warner and still you know, winning relative to Atlantic Records and 300 and Electra, you know, so, um, you know, but, you know, in many respects, that's, that's how it, that, how it works, you know. Um, and what grassroots artists would you say that you were privileged to work with and uh, from A-list, I mean, from the gra from grassroots to A-list that you would say you was really proud of during your time at DevGen? Uh, there were quite a few, right? But one that comes to mind is Logic. Okay. And, and I say that because I remember, I remember when I went to, uh, at least one of the first shows that I saw Logic at, and it was at Irving Plaza. And at that time, you know, he had been signed to the label. Um, he had, he had been doing his thing for a while, you know, in terms of just, performing building his core audience um but when i saw that show my mind you know was just blown wide open in terms of just not only his his lyrical ability his skills but the way he rocked the crowd and the way the crowd knew every word you know uh, uh of every record that he performed and you know, for me, it was, it was, again, like I said, it was eye opening. And, you know, the next day, the next week, I, you know, I went back in the building. I'm like, this kid got it. He's it, you know? Right. And, and part of that is just having, you know, of course I've heard the records and I've seen how incredible he was, but actually seeing it and, you know, Kingsley, you know, based on how we came up, there's nothing like seeing an artist perform and seeing that reaction from the people yes. you cannot shortchange that and for me that's always been an indicator of what's real and what's not you know when you can rock a crowd and you have people that know every word yes. and it's not about whether it's on radio or it's a social <laughs> meme or a social trend like i'm like okay these are real fans right. and whenever you whenever you have that and you can start there yeah. That's to me the epitome of grassroots and how you build it from there. And you know, Logic is someone that um, I commend him and I commend his team because they were very passionate about not only who he who he is as an artist, but the the path that they wanted to take in terms of breaking him, and and they did it. And you know, I definitely was fortunate to work with him and team. And you know, again, that's just one example, but he's somebody that comes to mind because of how successful. Uh, and how how great a career he's had. And let me not forget, we were talking about, you know, uh, the Tommy Boy days. Um, I spoke as a DJ that was breaking a lot of records for them in terms of in uh, Connecticut. But um, I also ended up um, working on the Tommy Boy 007 street team. <laughs> for some... Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. And, and listen, the, and you know, back in the days, if you were on the street team, whether it was the Tommy Boy street team or Def Jam street team, street you know, team. Loud Record street team, like that was a badge of honor. Definitely. Like you, you could go into any club, you know, talk to any DJ. Yep. The merch game used to be crazy, Definitely. you know, like Tommy Boy and yeah. 
whether you have the Tommy Boy jacket or the Def yep. Jam jacket or the Loud yep. Art SRC jacket, like it was a badge of honor. Like you wore that proudly. Yeah. And again, to me, those are those are just some incredible things that I think not only define that period that we that we you know started in, but really just set hip hop and 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 music and urban culture apart from everything else. You know, I have a I have a story um, during the um, the um, reunion um, when Capone came home, and um, you know we did a whole you know promo run, and they actually um, CNN actually came to my record store to do a signing. So there was a show with Fat Joe, Slick Rick, and Nature, and and um, CNN, and um, you know I had my street team in Hartford, and we were out there promoting um, you know promoting. So. There was a spot called DVD. So after our spot closes, like think starts at three o'clock or something like that. Craig G was DJing, so I had a white label for Bang Bang. I mean, this record, oh I've, yeah, I've not even been heard. It hasn't been played nowhere. I had a pure angel white label. So, <laughs> matter of fact, I showed you. I think I showed you that picture before. I had my yeah. whole. And we had a 007 shirt on where we were in the middle of the street just walking. Yeah, 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 so, yeah. so where that picture came from was we inside a club and I go to Craig G. This is after the show, the after party. We go inside a club and I say, Yo, Craig, you know, this record here, you know, the CNN record, bang, bang. I'm gonna I'm gonna need you to play, but we all, we're gonna make a movie with it so you're not left on your own. When you play that record, me and my whole street team, we're gonna get on the floor. We're gonna slam dance, you know, make make some movement out of it. So Craig plays the record. My whole street team, we're in the middle of the floor. We're gonna talk this, head up. We're gonna bang, 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 bang. The next thing, <laughs> I see the hood kind of trying to do what we're doing to the point that they kind of bumping into us little by little. So what do I do? Yeah. As the I, 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 as the um, director, of the street team, I have to make sure that. I got my eyes on everything. And I used to tell my street team guys, the type of artists that we were promoting, whether it was Mob Deep, CNN, whatever, Wu-Tang, we got the artist that brings the ruckus. So mm -hmm. we have to, you know, always be on our piece and cues, right? So I go around and I'm telling them one by one, when this record goes off, we walk out of here. When this record goes off, we walk out of here. Everybody got the message. The record goes off, boom, we skated out of there. <laughs> why did we leave go to the hotel and then come back out of the hotel like around 4 a.m back in my brother's suv with picket signs giving away the sampler tapes that we had the next thing i know people start throwing the sampler tapes back at us that's a sign when they start throwing that mm. thing back at you that's a sign and my team was cats that I recruited from the streets. They used to be gun toters, and I used to tell them that we don't really need to go anywhere with guns because if problems happen, you may have to use it. And I don't want to have to be responsible for trying to bail cats out on gun charges. So we phones mm. and they throw that tape. My brother, uh, somebody was, but one of my street team guys was driving my suburban in front of me. I was in my brother's joint. So I'm getting out to go tell my street team guy to just go, go, go. The next thing I know, they snatch up my man's chain around his neck mm. and, and, and let up shot in the air. We took that L, we bounced. Yeah. Moral of the story was, why do we leave? I smell the bull crap. 
and click right back into it again, you know, all yeah. behind CNN, bang, bang. And that, yeah. that always bring me back memory. Big shout out to Craig G for breaking that record. Yeah, <laughs> no doubt. That day. That's that, that's that instinct. That instinct kicked in, you know? You knew yes. what was going on. And the energy of that record, like, oh my your, God. your listeners that don't know that record, definitely go to your, your whatever DSP you listen to and pull <laughs> that record up. And they'll know exactly what you're talking about. Because I, I can hear... I can, I can hear the hook in that from that record in my head right now, you know, and that energy is crazy. That that All right, uh, let's do um, let's do a sound check and then come back. Uh, this is the Urban Talk Radio 103.5 FM WNHH. I am your host, Kinsley Osei. And if you are just joining us today on Urban Talk Radio, you can join the conversation on Facebook at Bowmice and Twitter at Bowmice. You can also stream this show on your smartphone or computer by logging on to New Haven independent.org we do have a very special guest my brother chris atlas who is marketing and entertainment executive uh we're going to get into the next segment of what he is up to right now after the um his chapter said uh tommy boy um dev jam uh cornerstone and um one of records chris you've been doing your rounds with Usher, promotion, uh, Usher promoting his new album, help me understand, is that your new gig? <laughs> yeah, well, um, you know, as you mentioned, I, and this was the last time, you know, we actually saw each other. I was at Warner Records, you know, mm -hmm. for a number of years. Um, and, you know, since leaving Warner, uh, I uh, actually just started off doing my own thing relative to just kind of utilizing my market getting expertise, relationships, um, and experience. And I've been blessed to work on a number of, you know, recent projects, Usher uh, and Mega and his label with L.A. Reid uh, is one of those projects and campaigns that I'm uh, currently working on and with. And it's been an incredible, you know, incredible process and, and campaign working with Usher and and the mega team and the gamma team and as everyone the world saw usher tore down the super bowl you know highest uh super bowl performance ever and his new album you know coming home top the charts and uh it's, it's, a, it's a great project so for me um again i think that is just a testament to just the journey i've been on and the incredible artists that i've been able to uh, to work with throughout my career and adding Usher, um, you know, to to that list has been a great experience. And coming out of one of records and um, straight to Usher, just coming out of Super Bowl performance, I mean, you couldn't be blessed any better to really kick off going independent. No, absolutely. You know, I, I definitely couldn't couldn't have asked for. <laughs> You know, yeah, uh, a, a better opportunity, and you know, also, I, you know, I also worked with Jeezy. Um, I was about and, to ask you about that because I you, you know you were doing your rounds with him as well. Yeah, yeah, and you know, Jeezy uh, actually supported and helped him with the marketing of his independent release. Uh, I might forget, but I don't forget which okay. was his first independent release, um, leaving Def Jam, and that was incredible, and. That project, you know, also did did extremely well and well received and critically acclaimed by his fans. And you know, we had an incredible moment uh, 
where we did this interview with him and Nia Long, which pretty much, you know, broke the internet when it came out and he was number one trending on YouTube and created a real viral moment. And again, I think I attribute that to what we talked about Kingsley in terms of uh, just the reputation yeah. um, that I've been able to maintain and yeah. the relationships. Uh, Cause you know, Jeezy is an incredible artist, LA mm-hmm. Reed, an incredible executive and, you know, being able to, you know, work on those projects most recently, um, again, I think shows uh, shows just that the efforts and the merits of what I've done in terms of my career, um, people acknowledge, and that's always a blessing. That's always a that's always a great thing. Um, I don't know. I think my phone messed up, so I don't know if uh, my camera. Did you touch switched it? Up, you but... Back to um, switch it back yeah. around. Yeah, okay. switch it back. Okay, hold on. Let me yeah. let me fix there it. There you go. Leave it right there. No, Good. Switch. Is... No. Nope. I'm up. I'm upside down now. Hold on. <laughs> right, right there. Right there. Yep. Don't touch right it. there. Right. Okay. Right there. All right. All right. Um, it's crazy because I was with um. I went to um. I caught up with Gabby and uh, Buddha over the weekend. Brought my daughter out there to you know kind of. You know, they never, they never, my daughter never met uh, his Puerto Rican uncles. So uh, we caught up and, um, you know, your name came up and Gabby actually spoke, you know, very highly of you. The same way we, you know, we all think about you. Just, just a humble soul that just never switched, never changed. You know? Oh, man. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. And again, like, you know, for me, and I know you feel the same way because we've had these conversations when, I could, you know, I could pull up and I could see someone that I haven't seen in, you know, 10 years, 15 years. And even when I saw you at Howard, right. right and we hadn't seen each other. Like we hadn't physically seen yeah, each other. Yeah, I think maybe, yep. like ten, maybe 10 years, 15 yeah, years, you know, at least part, yep. and yeah, but, but I was so one moved that you were there and you showed up. Right. But then also like, you know, and we went out and had dinner after and, Yep. It was like no time. It was like no time. No time lost. No time lost. And 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 again, I I feel like that's part of just making genuine connection, you know, yeah. and building genuine relationships and having real conversations, you know, and and having integrity. Like you're someone that has tremendous integrity to me. Gabi is someone that has tremendous integrity. Pekas, Ronadeb, you know, and I think that as long as we've been in the industry, we've created our tribe, you know, and our tribe expands and whether we see each other every day or we see each other every five years or 10 years, it's, it's about the relationships that we build and the people that come into that tribe. Yeah. And that's something I recommend to anyone that I encounter, any executives that are new to the business or coming up is like, yo, build your tribe, build your people, build your community. Um, that you know is a community that you can have throughout your tenure whatever that tenure is yeah no one can no one can dictate how long they're going to be in the game right some are some are longer than others but there are people whether you're in the game or not you know that you can build general relationships with that can help you and that you can work with regardless of if you're at a company or doing your own thing or pivoting to a different industry altogether. You are not guaranteed in any employment. The only thing you're guaranteed is 
the contact information that you have and the relationship that you created with with with, yep. with it. And the industries like you know, crackheads, um, the only goal with, <laughs> you, go, you go with whoever got the best crack at the moment, you know. It's yeah, yeah. What have you done for me lately? Type of people. So, you know, people such as you know, yourself, um, you know, needs to be recommended that this is who he was and this is who um he still he still is. That is uh, very important. Um we are quick to yeah. talk about people when they're not doing right, but very little we talk about people when they're doing right. So um now uh let me go to the, uh this part. You mentioned the Howard University and I wanted to talk about that. Um the the the, the uh, how did the Wanna Music uh Levantic Center at Howard University School of Business which I believe is spearheaded. Um, let's, you know, we don't have to go too brief into that because we got a, we got a few to come for um twelve o'clock. How did that come about? Well, and, and shout out to Julian Petty, uh, who is the EVP of Business Affairs at Warner Records. Okay, and that that initiative um, started via and around the time of George Floyd, and you remember this. Whereas, yeah, during that time we were in the we were all in the pandemic. COVID was just you know, shut the world down mm -hmm. and George Floyd happened, um, unfortunately, which as we know, it's something that occurs again and again. And at that time, there was a real initiative by record labels across the board, whether it's Warner Music Group, Universal, Sony, et cetera, to make a concerted effort in terms of um, not only investing resources into DE and I, but uh, people and supporting the the community efforts and the you know Warner Music Blavatnik Center uh, was um, one of the initiatives that um, Julian Petty um, brought to light and ushered in uh, via Warner Warner Music's you know commitment to that mission and you know shout to Jazz Young who is the the um the executor over the program and she's also you know a long time you know industry vet and she you know was one of those premier execs at Def Jam mm -hmm. and the work that they're doing within Howard is incredible in terms of the fellowship that they're building with those students the um executives that they're bringing through to speak about the program and mentor the students and um the jobs and opportunities whether it's internships or otherwise that they're creating uh with that program is is incredible and it's it extends not just via warner music group but again it extends in terms of putting those students on the path of uh enlightenment whether their careers in entertainment or not right man we could talk about that for days man but um those, those that chapter for you is gone um so we're not gonna spend too much time on it but i really applaud you guys for you know um you, know, you having such a passion being um in, in, involved with it sometimes certain things are just a job for people you know they just show up because they need to show up for you i know that it was it, it was bigger than that you you had a passion trying to lead those that, that generation into being what they want to be, become yeah, man, and, and part of that is 
hip hop and the music industry and entertainment has given so much to me. Yeah. Right. I'd be I'd be remiss if I didn't give back or or um, support programs that give back and create opportunities. And again, that's that's always been something that I've lived by, whether it's in people that I've hired in the various companies that I've worked or uh, people I've mentored or advice that I've given. And again, I think as, as a person, as an individual, we have to give back in, in some respect, whatever that might be. And, you know, that program that I was involved with via Warner led me to another program that I'm currently involved in uh, called Education Through Music, um, which is a not-for-profit uh, charity organization that focuses on providing music programs in inner city public schools in the New York City area. And, yeah. you know, these are these are schools that don't normally wouldn't normally have a music program if not for the work of this you know organization. And they recognize the importance that music and the opportunity that music can provide for young children and, you know, being able to have that and that in schools and access to that could be life changing for a lot of kids. I did see you put up a link to that and I did donate to it, by the way. Yeah, thank you, man. Thank you. You know, um, on that um, on, on that note, this is my little um, unsung hero award I just got a couple of days ago from uh, Career Resources Inc. Much appreciated for this unsung hero uh, 2024 in this Black Historic Music Month. Uh, thanks for the CD. So, so, congrats, man. Thank you, man. Um, you know, like I said, you know we. We come from having gold and platinum plaques on our on our walls, but certain things means much more than that. You know? Yeah, and this, yeah. And this is one of one of one of those things. Um, yeah. So now we got fifteen minutes or less. Breaking on <laughs> time flies, man. We just have so much. Oh man, breaking an artist from scratch. We're gonna have you back again, but not so soon. You know, we're gonna have you back. Listen, next time I come back, I'm, we're gonna have Sam Crespo. Please. So you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna let Sam know. Hey, I, I did it with Kingsley. It's okay. It's good. You can do it. <laughs> Look, I'm not gonna you know? I'm not gonna do a gotcha questions, man. Come on, man. I'm a veteran. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know, Some things have to be kept within the industry. I'm not gonna. You know, this is this is not a, a, a Fox 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 News interview. You know. <laughs> You know, we're not going to throw him into the lions. Then I'm not going to do that. Exactly. Oh. Don't worry. I'm gonna let him know. Breaking an artist from scratch. Can we discuss the sausage making of of it? Since there are a lot that goes on, the most aspiring artists um have no knowledge of promoting an artist, uh, promoting and marketing new artists who are real gangsters. How do you establish the trust and feel safe around them? It's two parts to this question. And I think I overflow. Well, the first part was, you know, starting from scratch, the sausage making of, you know, developing new artists. The other part was working with gangster artists, you know, bringing them into the A-list, leaving them behind, trusting them, having them trust you, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, well, I mean, the first part, I think it's really about understanding who that artist is and making sure that, 
in evaluating that artist and working with that artist, you not only understand their voice, but you can understand how they want to bring that voice to the world and who their potential audience is, right? And when I say voice, I mean not just the records they make, but the lifestyle that they live, that they're a part of, and how they want to create and craft their brand. And their brand is in part the music, it's in part the culture, it's in part the audience, it's in part the performance, it's all these things, you know, make up to me a true artist. Mm -hmm. And I think that we are in an era where in many respects, that is that holistic approach is lost because we get into algorithms and we get into social media and we get into TikTok trends, which again, those things are valuable in terms of how you can break an artist based on um, just today's standards, right? But the other parts of building an artist and understanding an artist and creating artistry about an artist can't be forgotten, right? Because I think that that defines the journey of where that artist can go and the potential for where that artist can go. Um, and then I think the second part of your question in terms of relative to, you know, street artists or, mm -hmm. or, or, or um, gangster, uh, whatever it is. gangster artists, whatever you're calling it, is just building, building um, the credibility uh, building the credibility with who they are, where they're going. I'm switching my phone because I think it's switched. Um, right there. Where the, right there, right? Where, mm -hmm. where they're going. And it takes time. Like, I think, you know, in order to build a relationship or build a trust or understand um, where an artist is going, it's not overnight, you know? Um, and I think you have to understand that. And in understanding it, have the patience to to figure out, okay, how can I work with this artist? Is it the right thing for me? Can I add value to it? Uh, that's how I approach things, you know? Okay, I'm gonna move on to the next, um, independent versus major. Why is it important for an artist to be signed to major besides the fact of using the major's dollars and broader reach through major radio stations, et cetera. Now, this is not about the ushers who have already, you know, made your mark, but, you know, an artist that knows that, okay, you know, um, I'm really popping and I got to make a decision whether staying independent or going uh, major. I mean, to me, whether you're independent or major, I don't think that's really important nowadays. I right. think... It's about whatever whatever the artist is, who can provide the best services for what you want to do with your music, right? And I, I mean, I've always believed that the best artists have their own team, have their own plan, have their own vision for one, what they want to do with their music, how they want to put their music out. And they figure out, well, who's the best label or partner that can enhance that, right? Mm -hmm. And some of it is some of it is financial, right? In terms of just the capital. Some of it is 
um, services and relationships. So to me, it's less about, oh, I'm going to be major, or I'm going to be independent, right? It's really about who can really, who can be a, uh, the best partner for and with you to help advance your career and bring your vision to life, to bring your artistry to life. Like, I, I feel like and, and any artist that doesn't understand that, then you kind of are really just an algorithm artist or a single artist or a one-up artist. And in many respects, you might be successful, right? You might have a hit, but if you don't have that clarity of vision, you might not have a repeat hit or you might not have a career, you know? So it's all relative to what type of artist you want to be and what type of partnership you want to create, whether it's major or independent. Do you miss the grassroots of promotion and marketing, um, breaking an artist um, when your promo tour consisted of the street team reps submitting the itinerary that included the barbershops going into the heart of the hood, the mom and pop retail stores, the hip hop clothing stores, taking the artists to the soul food restaurants in the town for a bite, meeting with the record pools, college radio stations, press with video shows and DVDs, and lastly, the club, then starting all over again on the next date. And uh, let me not forget about the infamous uh, music conventions. Do you miss? <laughs> I, I, I mean, th those were special times, right? <laughs> and I think I think for us to be able to to experience that, like it, it was a one of a kind time. But I don't I don't necessarily miss it because <laughs> it's still it's still one. I think it's still there. It's just different, right? And I think. I still carry that with my approach and even some of the marketing tactics and the things that I may, that I may suggest in terms of how I craft and some of the plans that I'm involved with and build on. Right. And where things are a, a hell of a lot more digital than they were 10 years ago, right. five years ago, and definitely 15, 20 years ago. I think at heart, a lot of those, a lot of those tactics, if you can execute them properly, they still are viable nowadays. And, and it can give a different perspective because they're not as commonly used or as widely used um, as they used to be. So to me, it's like, how do you make the old new again, right? And evolve it based on where the market is, where people are and how people are consuming that I think adds, adds tremendous value. I don't know what your story will be. I don't know where you was in 93, when um, 93, when I went to Jack the Rapper uh, music convention in uh, 93, I think 93 was in Atlanta with Tupac, 94 was- Yeah, 92, and, yeah, 92 was Atlanta 92 with Pac, was, yeah. And then 93, 94 was yeah. in Orlando. Um, yeah, Pac, yeah, I was Pac, there. I was, was I there, was right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. We will, we will elaborate on that the next time hopefully when you bring uh sam crespo down because uh, i still got questions yep. we're not going to be able to get through now pecas was telling me this story um we had a little cigar talk at gabby's house last year and he was telling me a story about how he went to um a sweet party an arista sweet party and uh he was promoting peter Gans and lord Tariq. i don't know how that came along how that story really came along but uh I used to, um, Peter Gans and Lord Tariq were guys that I met at the record pool when they were called gun runners. So I know these guys from day one before Uptown Baby. 
I actually came yeah. to they actually came to Bridgeport, Connecticut to do my birthday party for me way before the Uptown Baby Records came with the whole sound uh, sound view crew. And, um, you know, he was telling me the story about how he went to Arista with Peter Gans and Lotharic Vinyls and kind of gorilla his way into getting the records into DJ's hands in there. He violated, yeah. he violated Arista. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Arista looked at him like, hold up, dude, how did you get these vinyls to the DJs in our gig? And they said, if you, yeah. could, if you could do that, then you got a job with us. <laughs> and the rest is, is history, the right? Because, his, and the rest is history. Peck went on to be, you know, a, a big executive at Arista, big executive at Def Jam and then Rock Nation. And, you know, he's doing this thing as a sports agent at CAA. So, again, like, that's that's a, a a testament to the individuals that he we are and he is and you know I remember as you remember like I was that Tommy boy and you know Peck you know we brought Peck and Renee McLean on because they had their street marketing company and they were doing the street riding driving the street vehicle for nothing to lose which was the right. huge soundtrack that we had during the Tommy boy days so it's like we all came up and started you know, from just humble beginnings, but those beginnings were rooted in our love of the music and the culture and the artists and, and the streets. And again, fortunately, we've been able to mature. And I say mature in all aspects of it, not just in age, but in yeah. business acumen yeah. and careers and relationships. And, and it's a blessing. Shout out to RPM and shout out to Renee. I see him, uh, he's, you know, he's out there getting it by any means on the media side. Um, yeah. Um. And before we um uh, before we wrap up, you actually did um I know uh Pekas got his his podcast thing going on. You guys did uh the Usher with him, Ellie Reed. Um, was that for his? Yeah. Podcast? That uh, what what? No, that that that, that was that. Yeah, his podcast is called Connecting the Dots, but he uh he was a guest on a uh podcast conversation that we did for Usher's new album coming home. Okay. And and yeah, and again, this was in Vegas. It's all about relationships, Definitely. and you know, Pat Dobbs is someone that's he's my brother, as you're my brother, and I I reached out to him. I was like, yeah, hey, we're doing this, you know, um, for Usher with LA, and Peck knows Usher and has a great relationship, and of mm -hmm. course, worked with LA and has a great relationship, and it was it was a no no brainer. He was there, you know. You so, guys the dad and that, and it was it was, it was that was it. Yeah, yep, yep, that was it. Let me give a big shout out to Ron Stu. Uh, he, you know, he's one of our own in Connecticut, uh, you know, senior VP of Urban Radio Promotions. I have seen this guy, I have seen this guy grow from Electro Records to to Jive Records to Enniscope to uh, where he's, he's really crawled and he walked and he's running now. It was uh, well, uh, well deserved. Uh, so um yeah we, um it's 11 57 we're gonna wrap up i still have questions that wasn't covered but i look forward to seeing you um again part two part two definitely definitely because i have questions that just really really substantive questions that was not you know we didn't get a chance to push through but um hey chris yeah. we'll do a we'll do a part two kingsley we'll I'm, part I'm here two. for you man i really appreciate you taking this time to you know to come catch up uh, with us and um you know giving our audience you know what the uh this evil 
streets of the industry is all <laughs> uh, all right yes uh, sir great to see all right you. let me do the station id this is the urban talk radio 103.5 fm wnhh i am your host kinsley Osei, and if you are just joining the last part of our show you can follow the conversation on facebook at bull mike and twitter at bull mike also on my facebook page kinsley osei you can also stream this show and previous shows on your smartphone or computer by logging on to newhavenindependent.org. Remember, thank you for joining us. And remember, Urban Talk Radio airs every Wednesday. This is for everybody. Y'all know who y'all are. Thank yeah, you, my you, guy. You know who you are. These are thank our you, heroes. <laughs> Let's hear it. One for the coons on UPN 9 and WB. Who, yes, master on TV. Whatever happened to Weezy? The Red Foxes never got Emmys, but were real to me. Let's hear it too for the spooks who do cartwheels. Cause they said they played their parts well. Now they claim caviar, hate that oxtail. Lambda Sigma five badge on lapel. Why do you always tell them, ooh, he speaks so well? Are you the one we look to, the decent Negro? The acceptable Negro? Hell nah, but they say these are our heroes.